edge. Take you to the edge with the wedge. Sour cream and switch any Jenny Sauce, how are we on this lovely day today? All the better for speaking with you. And how are you? Oh, look, splendid, darling, splendid. Uh, you know, certain things could always be better, but you can't complain. You've got to be happy where you are. And that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? We are indeed. Um, and it's a bit all because I didn't do my research for the topic we were meant to be doing. <laughs> I'm going to be honest yes, there. Very naughty. Yes, uh, Sarah Cream did. Big, big gold star for her. But that's okay. Next We've got time. another fabulous, fabulous topic for you. In fact, it's well-being, which is all about... Well, I, the reason we chose it uh, quickly as well is because uh, there's a lot of crazy shit going on in the world at the moment and uh, a lot of conflict in the air, as we um, all know. And I think everyone's just feeling a little bit lost and bewildered and what the actual heck um do you feel the same sj like with the um i, I do lot of angriness in the, yeah i think the corona um keeping everyone inside and that combined with social media i think people you know are letting out a lot of anger a lot of you know, anger with the system, anger with the world. And look, fair enough, there's a lot of things to be angry about. But what made me want to do this as a subject is we've done um, mental illness before. We've kind of, you know, talked about, I guess, things we do to overcome when you're feeling bad. But I thought maybe if we focus on something positive, we will somehow manifest the positive. And I thought a good idea is to reflect on times where you've had really good um, mental well-being, physical well-being, times you've felt really happy, because if we can sort of analyse that and work out what it was that made us happy, maybe we can get there again. Well, yes, yeah, so I guess uh, absolutely very true. And putting yourself back in that mind state of, you know, if you are having a down day, is putting yourself back into that mind state to try and rejig those emotional electrodes, if you want to call it, um, is a great way to start being a feeling a little bit uh, in a better mood, isn't it? Positive, in a yeah. more positive mood. There's lots of, um, yeah, lots of factors. And look, you've just done a bloody, what is it, science to wellbeing? The science of well-being, it was a, look, I did it when we were in the shutdown and I was, I guess I was looking for a course to do and um, yeah, it's offered by Yale and it's free and it's called the science of well-being and what they did is they obviously, it's a psychology kind of subject, 
that they did a lot of surveys on people. They did really interesting, you know, studying what affects people's happiness. And people were asked to predict their happiness. They even got people who were, like one of the tests they did, they asked people who were about to be tested for HIV in America, and they asked them what they think, you know, what their happiness was, um, usually, then what they predict their happiness would be depending on the results. So if they got negative or positive, obviously a lot of the people said their happiness will drop dramatically, it would go down to a one out of 10 or whatever, if they were to test positive. Um, and then they tested the same people, I think, straight after their results to measure their happiness against what it was before. And then they measured a year later. And it was amazing because even people who had tested positive, their happiness wasn't that different to their original a year later. Wow. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And so what they gathered from that is, you know, obviously happiness is multifaceted and it's not just one thing that makes you happy. It's a combination of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, what I learned or what I was really surprised by in the course was a lot of things that people think are going to make them happy or even people things that people think are going to drop their happiness actually don't have as big an impact as you would think. Things like winning the lottery, things like um, a relationship. They're more quick fixes, aren't they? Well, like another, winning the lottery even people um, getting plastic surgery to get better figures or having, you know, getting wrinkles removed or fat removed, that, that doesn't affect happiness in the way people think it does. That ultimately doesn't make you happier. So all the material things didn't seem to be what you want. They said the basic things, which we've talked about before, getting enough sleep, eating healthily, exercise, meditation, all those basic physical things, if you do those, your mental well-being will hopefully be higher. But then there were other things like kindness, savouring, having time. Oh, that was one thing I said. Yeah. Having, having yeah, time's time yeah. to do the things you like doing if you have spare time. Um, and then the and that was the funny thing, like with Corona, just throwing that into it, because no one, you know, we were all spinning out of control, and then all of a sudden, lockdown in your own house. Interesting how, I mean, even the things that you do love, you couldn't really go out and do them unless it was you had to find it within your own family or self unit, didn't you? You know, definitely. Well, they, see, the lockdown in a way gave people that extra time; they weren't commuting, but. The thing it took away, which I was amazed, social connection makes people happy. And they said not even just with people you know, that those little social connections, you know, just seeing someone in a shop or saying hello or when you go for a walk and have a chat with someone, a stranger, someone else who's got a dog and you stop and talk to them, those connections make you happy. And during the corona, yeah. we didn't have those. No. Well, there was no other influence, was there, apart from good old social media and all the freaking corona news you could poke a stick at. <laughs> corona was a, a double-edged sword. It had things that gave you happiness and things that took it away. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. Um, 
you know, well-being, it's, it's a funny thing because I was looking at a few things of well-being, like factors that, um, you know, influence well-being is, uh, I found this kind of funny, happy um, in a intimate relationship uh, with a partner. I had to throw in, or these days maybe a sex robot. Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> never forget uh, that. Of, no, never forget that. Uh, network of close friends, of course, is always uh, a good one. Um, the enjoyable and fulfilling career. Yep, that yes, definitely. And uh, people, this is just you know enough money, regular exercise, nutritional diet, enough sleep, spiritual or religious beliefs <clears throat> could yeah. be problems sometimes. Uh, optimistic outlook. Health, health, self-esteem, um, realistic and achievable goals, sense of purpose and belonging, the ability to adopt to change. And I had to laugh at this one, um, living in a fair and democratic society. Yeah. And that would be know, nice though. It's, that was a good list. And Sarah, something you said before was interesting. I told you my sister said one of her happiest moments was her honeymoon when she's on a tropical island looking at the beautiful Asian water, um, really enjoying that moment of no responsibility. And I like what you said in that, that if you had that forever, it, you know, if that wasn't in contrast to usually working or having responsibility, then your life ha might have no meaning. And I think yeah. there's truth to that in that, a lot of kids of famous people find themselves in a bit of trouble, don't they? Because they've got oh, all absolutely, the money, but they don't have a meaning or purpose themselves. No, and they they're always going to be Cindy Crawford's children, Al McPherson. I'm just throwing a few names out there, but yes, um, who's really got themselves into trouble? Is I think it's Cindy Is it Crawford's son. Tom Hanks, in... <laughs> didn't Tom Hanks's son get into trouble, but now he's... Get off the rails a bit. But you would, wouldn't you? Because you have to live up to your parents' name and expect, not not necessarily their expectations, but, you know, yeah, it'd be, it'd be weird having the world look at you of going, well, come on, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to be like parent, like, you know? Do you think if you've been given money that you didn't earn and it's a lot of money, that messes you up a bit? That it's come too easily to you? Yeah, because I don't think you have that, um, the achievement of earning it and working hard for it because yeah, it just becomes expectant. You know, it's just like you just expected. I want that. Oh, here you go. You can have it. And you, I think you'd lose self-purpose in that. I think that would be a, I think it's very unhealthy, you know? Sure. If you've got money and then, okay, you go and work and go and do something to make it look like, yeah, fuck, I'm not just going to thieve off my parents every time. I just get blown away of how many kids have these nice cars. I'm like, holy shit. There's some bloody like pea platers are on some really nice in really nice cars and I think god how do you afford it I know I feel so old when I'm driving because I look at cars next to me and I see kids driving and I think they look 10 years old <laughs> and I think some oh, of them are. they're old enough to drive and they look like babies to me 
it, well, yes, <laughs> frightening. It is a bit scary. When I drop the kids off at high school and I'm seeing all these kids driving, I'm like, ah, go to hell. No, anyway, so and they're tearing through the car park and I just go, hey, uh, didn't you just get your licence? You should know all the road rules. Obviously, <laughs> I don't know how you passed that one, but it's bloody expensive. Anyway, we're drifting, darling. We're drifting. Yes. Well, on that topic, do you think you were happier when you were younger? Do you think it's anything to do with age or do you think you've your well-being, you know, a wisdom comes with getting older. Do you feel happier in your wisdom? Oh, good question. I think uh, a bit of both because childhood, like, well, depending on your childhood, some people have had beautiful childhoods. Some people, unfortunately, have not had beautiful childhoods. So, uh, but personally, myself, uh, I did have a, a lovely childhood and um, I was very lucky for that and had some beautiful memories and moments and there's sometimes where I, you know and then of course other times we go fucking hate your parents rah, rah. we've all gone through that <laughs> like, you know it's not all like the fucking cute I, family joke I have a real nostalgia for childhood because I grew up on a an orange orchard and got to run around be as loud as we liked and have puppy houses and um it was real care freedom I was carefree as a kid. I hope you all used to run around in the nude. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't remember doing that, but maybe I did. But I remember just being free. I remember a feeling of freedom that maybe I haven't had in adulthood. Well, no, I don't think you do have really freedom in adulthood because you have way too many responsibilities. That's the thing when you have a when you're kids. You're carefree, right? You don't have what adults have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Putting I, roof over their head, head, putting food, you know, just all that stuff, just the simple stuff alone can and is treacherous at times, you know? Yeah. When I was 10, we were playing Trivial Pursuit, our family, and one of the questions was, what age are you least likely to die at? And the answer was 10. And I was 10. So I was really happy. Oh. <laughs> You're like, shit, I uh, nearly made it. <laughs> I was the winner. And I remember being really happy with that answer and looking around the table thinking, I'm the least likely to die here. Wow. <laughs> I like that. And you but, won it. Perfect. Yes. Um... But look, fear of death, I think when you're a kid and you suddenly realise that people die, I remember staying up quite late at night worrying about that. And I think there was something about your well-being before you were aware of death or before you were aware of negative things in the world, that innocence brought a well-being because you weren't worried about oh, absolutely. it. No, you had no, yes. You weren't carrying the world on your shoulders. Mm. But I mean, yeah. saying that, generally we live, we don't have our own death on our mind all the time, or I don't. No. no uh, God, no. no. Hope not. But every now and then you can think about it. Like I think about that sometimes in a hundred years, we'll obviously be gone unless they invent something amazing. <laughs> we'll be a, a brain oh, in. Dear. A Elon Musk comes into 
Yeah, go on. What what did you say you wanted to throw into our brains? You wanted to throw Google into our brains, right? Well, yeah. Elon Musk has a program called Neuralink and he reckons in five to ten years they're going to be implanting a a platform, like an interface, a, a digital interface straight into your skull. Well, Elon Musk, <laughs> go and get <laughs> go and take a flying leap to Mars, darling. Because uh, no thanks. <laughs> I like to be able to detach myself from those things, not have it attached to me. Oh I my listen, God! Sarah see all these people lined, and just see all these army people lined up. You know, all these people forced to have all these things thrown into them and bloody injected into them anyway wow too much yeah well let's hope that doesn't happen well i I can't imagine you or i agreeing to that one (laughs) uh no there's a big fat no there darling with a big fat no 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 but so you had a happy childhood and so okay put childhood aside what about even your youth, like your adult youth compared to how you feel now? Which had a higher well-being? You know, surely in some ways your well-being goes up and down in different areas. But do you think you were happier as a young adult than you are now? Or what? how would you compare them? Um, well, okay, so, yeah, I had, well, I travelled so much. I had a wonderful um finding myself I guess from 19 and up and that was off off and away yeah I think uh I sort of yeah probably about uh 15 16 you sort of you know treading on uh fun water there but definitely in my early well late teens and 20s did I have an well an absolute rock and roll ball, darling. You know, <laughs> a I great knew, time. I only knew you for a little while, but I would describe you as quite a hedonist, and I would have described you as <laughs> someone who loved life. Who, when you walked into the pub, everyone wanted to be around you because you gave out such a positive energy, and you were so happy. Oh, you loved life, and I think that was contagious. And people like I especially loved being around that energy. And I just remember going into pubs with you, and the energy in the pub would change because you walked in. Oh, stop! <laughs> I'm gushing, darling. I'm gushing. Well, that's that's very lovely of you. But I guess, yeah, I yeah. And it's funny because when you're like that, everyone thinks immediately, you know, people immediately go, oh, she's pissed, instead of just going, oh, that's just who she is or how that person is, isn't it, you know? But that's very kind. Oh, thank you, darling. We and, need to read your bad memory. <laughs> and right, right before the virus, I got to come up and see you and we went out to the pub. And I, I think not much has changed. I think you were still <laughs> the life of the pub. And Sarah was doing accents and entertaining. Oh, God, and, don't tell everyone my little secrets. <laughs> and um, I was pretty impressed. And I think that's it, though. 
like I was trying to reflect on some of my happiest moments and definitely we had some great nights out. Even if, even if there was nothing on, just going across the road to the pub where we lived in, in the city in Sydney um, and we'd have wedges, <laughs> sour cream and sweet jenny sauce. And um, we knew the chef who used to try and get us to eat vegetables. <laughs> he did, bless him. He did try and look after our well-being, actually. He was like, girls, you've really got to eat some vegetables as we order our second plate of wedges for the night. <laughs> um, even if it was the night of putting songs on the jukebox and playing pool, I was always pretty happy. But besides that, I was really ecstatic just to turn 18. And when I moved to Sydney, I went to uni, so it was all a time of change. And I remember going to a Mexican restaurant for my 18th birthday. Uh, I had badges all over me saying I'm 18. I was finally allowed <laughs> in a pub. We went to a Mexican restaurant. We all drew moustaches on our face. Uh, we were doing a conga line through the restaurant. We were drinking margaritas. Love it. We were all wearing sombreros. No cares, no cares in the world. I was the happiest. And I remember even, you know, sometimes when you are really happy and you're looking around at a group and every, you love everyone at the table and everyone's laughing, everyone's smiling. I remember uh, sort of taking snapshots with my mind and wishing that moment could last. Like it was just yes. so fun. And then yeah. walking into a nightclub I think I'd been to pubs before. It was pretty easy to go to a pub underage when we were young, but it was harder to get into a nightclub. And I remember walking into the nightclub with all these badges on and saying, check my ID, ask me for ID. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, just go in. <laughs> it is funny, but, yeah, it is nice to take snapshots with your mind and... Uh, I, I love it when people remind you of a funny story that you've forgotten about. Yes. That's pretty cool. I and love, frightening all at the same time. <laughs> I love just looking back on happy moments and thinking, wow, that was so great. And I think that sometimes at the time you don't even remember, you don't savour that moment and you don't take the snapshots. But later you sort of think, oh, that was so good. Well, why didn't I? I know, right? Yeah, I remember, yeah. um, you know, in Palm Cove up in Cairns, living there, and God, it was the like. Now that was talk about well-being. That was that was super life, right? And um, loved it up there. Anyway, blah 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 blah. <clears throat> but the I had so many amazing memories. Da da da. Life went on. I moved on, and I just had this yearning to go back and see Palm Cove, and. Oh my God, did I get a shockerama? Like, pretty much all the little beach houses had gone far one all on the end. Yeah. All being developed. And I was just like, my jaw was hanging to the ground pretty much every time I walked past it. But it, and it just felt so different as well and it's it's funny because people places do make it but it's the people at the time that really yes. make and it as well isn't it you can get a real sad surprise can't you when you go back to a place that you used to really associate with good times and it's just not the same anymore so it, oh, nothing, it's not no. just about the place it's the time and the place isn't it exactly yeah the time the place and the people and um 
but it was good because I walked, I, I, I left there going, okay, great. I don't have that yearning now. It's, you know, it was just this yearning to go back to a place that I had some incredible memories. And I used to work on the Fitzroy Island as well, which was oh, just it's gorgeous. amazing. Um, and we went there as well. And it, that had fully changed yeah. um, as well, but it's still same. It stayed, it was the same as well. So it was, Yes, it was weird. It's weird to go back to your old stomping grounds, you know, and uh, and you yeah. can't always recreate what you remember. Oh fuck no, no. Well, you never will because it's not the it's not with the people. It's the people that make as well as at that time. Um, the other thing that I was surprised on this course was that when you fall in love with someone or get married, your happiness points go up. But only for two years and then it goes back to what your happiness was before. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so right. even so love well, even love doesn't bring eternal happiness. Well no. <laughs> wow. Jesus. That's amazing. Well it's not but, amazing, it's it's quite kind of true. But I guess, you know, you'd fall in love with them in different ways and just that hot sexy way right is that what I, they mean like with that I, I don't know if the well-being is connected to how yeah the chemistry maybe it is maybe once the chemistry scales that back, hot sexy moments yeah maybe let's see well yeah how connected comfortable. you become too comfortable with each other and then you just you know you stop going oh i'm just gonna slack around now and do you reckon it's that do you think it's when they don't leave the room to break wind? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. No, I think it's important that you break wind in front of your partner. Not straight away, though. But sooner or later. But after two years. <laughs> yeah, a year, I think. No, even a year is too much. I think six months, five to six months is good. Or you're um, just going to blow. And I think sometimes it's just going to happen regardless. And why the hell are we talking about this? Right. <laughs> um, Sarah Kareem, I, uh, I really, I, it took us a while to get connected today. And now we're only having a brief chat. But sadly, I think we need, was there anything else you wanted to add? Oh, we're having a glitch. Yeah, there is a bit of a technical glitch. Well, oh, I'm hoping that. Well, no, I think just, uh, we don't like technical glitches. We don't like no, it. hasn't been our lucky day today. But, um, Sarah Cream, well, we might wrap it up there. As always, it's lovely chatting to you. Oh, have I lost you? She was saying it's great to have you as listeners. <laughs>